Hello everyone and welcome to episode 44 of the Talking Fitball podcast with me, Derek Clark. Thank you very much for your company. Every week we try and bring you a first class interview with some of the most interesting and colourful characters involved in the game. If you're just joining us for the first time, you can go back and listen to a vast array of quality interviews in the archives. They can all be found on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud and Podbean. In this week's episode, I chat with the current Northern Ireland under-21 boss, Ian Barraclough. Ian was another absolutely terrific guest and talks candidly about his career with no stone left unturned. We'll learn about his Leicester City upbringing, his playing spells at the likes of Grimsby, Lincoln, Mansfield, Notts County, QPR and Scunthorpe, and of course his time as a manager at the Iron, Sligo Rovers and Motherwell. It's another super interview rammed with great stories, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode of the Talking Fitball Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the, the Talking Fitball Podcast. I'm delighted to say we're joined this week by a former defender, QPR favourite and uh, recently Motherwell boss, now Northern Ireland under-21 boss, Ian Barraclough. Ian, thank you very much for, for joining us. You're welcome, good to be here. Uh, Ian, terrific career uh, in the game. Uh, we'll start off, you're growing up uh, back in Leicester, is that right? Were you always uh, kicking the ball about as, as a kid? It is, yes. I think... Um... Being the, the youngest of, of five five lads, um, I was I was destined to, to you know try and kick my way through some, some with some old, older lads and, and and try and come kicking and screaming from the from the, the garden having uh, having tried to to get a kick of the ball, let alone do anything indecent with that. But um, no, I uh, I in fact I lost my mum at an early age, seven, uh, age eight, and and my dad had to to bring five boys up um, and and. You know, I think um, just the very fact of having having kids myself that that you know that that task that my dad did there was 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 an unbelievable role. Um, has always been a role model for me, and and someone that I still look up to. You know, today and 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 you know, if it wasn't without him, I don't think I'd have you know been anywhere near um, good enough or, or able to 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 compete in in the level that, that I've been lucky enough to do so. So you know. With my dad and, and five brothers, it was um, four brothers. It was it was a it was a I would say a, uh, <laughs> an enjoyable upbringing, but mm. but um, but certainly one that you know yeah we had to work hard for it. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned your dad was was your role model in terms of um, any footballers back then. Did was there anyone that you, you aspired to be like? Well, uh, my favourite was was always and, and, and whisper this, don't say it too loudly, <laughs> but I, 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 I like Malcolm McDonald. Um, oh, yes. It was my first kit I was bought. I think as a three-year-old a Newcastle kit. But then when he went to Arsenal, it, uh, I, I then moved with him. So to speak, and, <laughs> and, and he was he was my my idol as a, as a really young kid. Um, didn't fancy following Fulham when he moved to Fulham there. So I uh, I stuck with Arsenal. But um, growing up in Leicester, also Leicester was a, a, a you know a big part of my life and turned out to be later on as well. But um, so. You know, someone who um, who was a, I suppose, a, a follower of, of Arsenal rather than a supporter. Mm. You know, not not going down to, to Highbury as it was. Um, it was um, it, it was something that you you know I I, I learned to, to to watch all players and, and all gifted players around that time were were someone that you try and replicate on the on the park. Yeah, definitely. You joined Leicester, of course, as as a, as a young boy. How how did that come about? Did they send sort of scouts out to to have a look at you? 
Yeah, you, you were never aware of, of scouts being being there to watch you. Um, but I'd, I'd spent three years in, in Jersey. Um, my dad moved to Jersey, having remarried. Um, we, we spent three, just over three years there, um, and, and the marriage broke, broke down, unfortunately. But um, I, I just started to, to go into the Leicester, what it would be now, academy, um, at uh, under 11, under 12 stage. But then it sort of broke my heart, thinking, well, I've got to go to, to Jersey now. Mm. Um Got to leave, leave leave that behind and and you know start a new life, but carried on playing football out there. And, and then when I came back from Jersey, um, managed to get into the the, the the county side, who ended up then playing a friendly against the the youth team. Uh, we we lost seven one. Uh, I remember quite vividly, and and but managed to, to score the goal as I was a striker back there. And, and I got invited in for a week a week's training, and and it, and it went from there really. Yeah, you mentioned you were a striker. Did you sort of was that the position you wanted to play throughout your career? And when did they start sort of moving you, moving you back? No, I think from from a young age, I was always a winger, and then then for some reason that season I was playing, I was playing up front, um, and 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 some people obviously saw saw something in me. I didn't know the role. Greatly, it wasn't something that I'd been doing from the age of you know from the age of seven, eight, nine, ten, but. Um, you know, it took me a while to, 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 to get the grasp of it and, and went into Leicester and, and with some really good coaching and, and, and good people around me. You know, it was um, it was a position I enjoyed playing, but I think throughout my career, the people soon soon realised I wasn't a, wasn't a striker <laughs> at, at heart, <laughs> therefore ending up being a, a midfielder, yeah. stroke defender, probably a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. And, and I think that that was a, probably a, a big, big part of me playing... Um, the 700 games I ended up playing it was uh, so I don't know I could have stuck at it and been, been a striker and been adamant I'd be a striker but I'm, I'm sure again I wouldn't be sat here today Yeah uh, of course um, the academies and all that clubs it's, it's changed days from, from when you were, you were played in but when you were at Leicester as a youngster were you, were you sort of uh, cleaning senior players boots and all that sort of stuff? Oh most definitely yeah yeah that <laughs> was um, uh, it probably wasn't as hard as what, what people previous to, to that had, had had because you know it wasn't in the days where we had to really go going you know going after it on a match day or after a match day and, and sweep the terraces and, and although there was a there was a bit of that there was maintenance as in doing a bit of painting and um, you certainly had to, to to clean up the dressing room after after training and after after matches um, you were assigned certain jobs and, and my one of mine was was cleaning the physio room who every week used to go around with a white uh, a white white glove to make sure that obviously the, the medical room was, was probably the cleanest uh, place in the uh, in the training training complex. But um, no, it was we all had to muck in. Um, nobody could leave. I remember before everyone had, had finished their jobs. Um, some people mucked in with it with other people's jobs just to get away early. Others just just put the feet up, or you found them kicking in kicking a ball in the gym just to wait until everyone had finished. So it was. Um, it, it was a great grounding uh, for me, and, and certainly, you know, one or two Scottish players that were at the club at the time yeah. um, were, were people that, that you know I looked up to and, and looked after me as well. Yeah, funny you should mention that. I've got that written down here. There was a, a number of Scottish boys, like Sir Ali Mocklin was was, it, was yeah. the captain, Alan Evans, and it, Gary McAllister, a young Gary McAllister, was there at the time as well. Indeed, yeah. Um, you know, these players not not only the way the way they went they went and trained, but um, just a, a, around the. The ground, around the training ground, they, they they had a genuine interest in the young lads. I think they wanted to help them. Um, you certainly had to help yourself. It wasn't, you know, you weren't going to be spoon fed. Yeah. Uh, and, and when you went up to, to to train with these um, 
these guys in the first team. You know, there, there was no no quarter given. They they didn't want a young uh, upstart. You know, making them look silly on the on, on the training ground. So um, they certainly let you know that. You know, so as a striker, young striker having to train against Alan Evans was um, you know was was, was brilliant for me. It, it taught me so many. Um, I suppose dark arts of defenders, really. You know, I, I certainly looked over my shoulder when I, you could hear him <laughs> steaming up behind me. But it was um, it was something that you you know you hopefully take with you and, and, and carry along in your career with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, David Pleat, of course, was there as manager. How did you find him? Ian? Just somebody who was so um, embedded in, in in football, the, the, the tactical side of it. It was. Um, it was great to sit down and have a chat. He enjoyed, you know, chatting about football, you know, just as much as anybody that I've met in, in my career. Um, and, and again, he was one that was was always trying to promote young players, uh, and and you know had a had a record of bringing young players through into first team to feel good enough. And he was the one that gave him my debut. Um, I probably wasn't good enough at the time, but because of injuries and circumstances, I managed to to, to make a couple of appearances, one in the FA Cup. Um, and, and it was, you know, through through him that I that I, I made my first, you know, my first foray into into probably senior football. Yeah, no, I was going to mention that there your debut. Can you remember it? Can you remember it vividly? Making your your first appearance. My first start. Yeah, my, 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 I actually was on the bench and came off off the bench for for about ten minutes in a, in a what would be I think it was the old Zenith Data Trophy down <laughs> at uh, Crystal Palace, but uh, um, it was. Um, it was certainly one of those that, that, that when I when I was making my, making my first start was in the FA Cup and I, I didn't know until the um, until the Saturday morning. Paul Kitson, who was the same same youth team as me and and you know a fellow striker, we were you know paired together for a couple of years and we were very successful in you know in, in front of the goal, albeit he scored more than me um, <laughs> and, and probably got the recognition for that. But uh, he he he'd taken ill in the morning and um, I was told to to get myself ready because I was going to start and, and I. I played against two two centre halves that were uh, in, in Paul Futcher uh, at Barnsley. Um, oh, yeah. Paul Futcher was getting on in years then, but I, and I ended up playing with him at, at Grimsby actually as well. So he had a, he had a couple more years in him, um, and uh, I, I forget the name of the other centre half, but again another stalwart, yeah. um, and, and that was a, a baptism of fire for me. You know, they they knew how to play against a young lad like me, and. and um, I just remember having one chance on goal where it was flashed across from from a Tommy Wright, another Scotsman, yeah. Tommy Wright cross from the left, and, and I, I had to slide in at the back post. Managed to get my studs on it, but not enough for a contact to, to score. So it was um, it, it was one of those where I think after an hour I, I was I was knackered and and, <laughs> and rightly got dragged off. So um, not not and, and we got dumped out of the cup as well. So it was it wasn't a, a great. First, uh, first appearance, but it was um, something I never forget. Yeah, um, you had a couple of loan spells, of course, at Wigan and Grimsby. Um, did that mm. sort of toughen you up going to these sort of clubs? Yeah, de- definitely. It was it, again the first one at Wigan. Uh, I think I played nine games there and, and managed to get a couple of goals. But you were playing against, you know, League what what is now League Two, yeah. or League One and League Two defenders who who again you'd have probably a, a younger one alongside a. Um, a really experienced guy, and 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 you would you would be you know, kicked all over the place to be honest, unless you were you were wary of, of, of when it, when they were coming, when when it was going to happen, and, and you shifted the ball quick enough. It certainly taught me how to take as uh, 
as fewer touches as possible before laying it off and then getting yourself into the box because if you took more than a couple of touches it, it just bought time for the defender to, to come and smash you so it was um, yeah, it, it, it was tough but it was great again David Pleat pulled me to one side and said I want you to go out on loan put it in a way where he didn't really give you the choice but he he, he sort of said that it was you know it was going to benefit you in the long run and hopefully you come back a, a better player and I, I think I certainly did that yeah, and um, when the time came when you, when you left at the Foxes and you, you joined Grimsby in a permanent deal, were you sad to leave, uh, Ian, when, when that time came? I wasn't, I wasn't. Um, it was my decision in the end. Brian Little had just come in at Leicester and, and you know, I, I looked at the strikers that were there and even, you know, I played a few games on the left midfield and, and, and I just felt that I, I wasn't going to get the, you know, too many chances. I, there, was, there were better strikers than me at the club. You know, David Kelly, Paul Kitts and... Uh, Kevin Russell, um, Nicky Cross. There, there was, you know, some 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 good players at that level, and, and um, you know, I, I wasn't going to get get a, a look in there. So I, I, when when I, you know, we started the pre-season, and and um, Alan Buckley, who was the manager at Grimsby, again another famous name in in in, in Grimsby's history, but he he'd taken them from, you know, Division Four through to you know what is now the Championship, and and. Um, uh, we, we, you know, he, he asked me to, to go there, and it, I, I saw it as a as a, a move across in, in level, really, playing at the same the same league. But um, uh, again, it, there was more chance of playing first team football, which, which I did. Um, I didn't manage to, to make as many appearances as I'd have liked, and, and but it, it was just it was, for some reason it was in my psyche to, to to want to play first team football rather than just hang around. And be, be part of the the squad if you like. Um, I was desperate to play first team football once I'd had that initial those initial loan spells. It was um, it was key for me to, to get games, and it's something that I've, I've always now tried to impart that that knowledge onto the younger players. Yeah, um, absolutely. You had a couple of spells, of course, at Lincoln and then Mansfield. Any any memories from from playing for those two clubs? Yeah, great memories again, Lincoln. You know, I had two two full seasons there, and and um, you know managed to play for the majority of the time. So for me, it was the right decision having left Grimsby again. Um, Lincoln wanted to to take me, and and you know it was a, it was a manager at the time, Steve Thompson, that I played with at Leicester. He was a centre half at Leicester. Another one of those that that used to enjoy smashing me uh, <laughs> around you know the training ground. But um, again, it was a it was another part of my education that. You know, we're playing for points. We're playing. It's it, it's key to everybody's livelihoods um, that we win games of football. And and um, that that season, one of the seasons, I think we just missed out on the playoffs. And, and um, two great seasons there, and moved on to to Mansfield, which um, ended up being a about a year a year and a half, uh, having signed a two year deal. But but Andy King as a manager, the old Everton player. Yeah. Um, was was such a character, and and again, someone totally different to to who I'd been managed by. So so, you know, all these these little periods of, of time at clubs working under, under different managers just helped me in in my my experience and and how to how to treat players, how how not to treat players. And that, Andy was was brilliant for my career. He, he probably um, made me into a left back. He saw that that position somewhere I could play, and and. Um, I ended up staying as a left back for the last, you know for the next seven or eight years, I suppose, because um, I moved on to, to Notts County for for a fee. Yeah, the, and you spell at Notts County. Of course, you played at uh, over a hundred games there. The ninety six ninety seven season, of course, you get relegated, but Sam Allardyce um, arrives there. What, what was your sort of first impressions of, of Big Sam? 
Yeah, um, but again, Notts County was probably a club that I spent the majority of my career at, or, or, or most time in my career. I had two spells of, of over three years, and I, I, I tell people now, I said, not one of those six years, we, we, you know, it was ever boring. You know, we were either involved in a in a Wembley playoff final, um, or we're getting relegated the following season, or we're going to administration the following season, and then, and that was one reason, you know, that, that Sam came in. Um, I think Billy Dearden had been had been sacked, having you know um, led us through choppy waters as a club, having been uh, in in administration. What what a job he did! Uh, but that sort of goes goes under the radar because Big Sam came in and um, and for that season managed to, to. I think he always says he never had a relegation on his on his uh, CV. So I suppose he doesn't count the one at North County when he first took over. I think yeah. he took over in March, didn't yeah. something like that. And, yeah. and we, we we couldn't stay up, but um, you know the damage was already done. But the following season, I, I just remember him getting us in earlier than we've ever been brought in before pre-season. Um, you know his, his knowledge that he brought back from America on on uh, training regimes and, and certainly the early part of, of um, you know. The medical and science side of the side of the game was, was something that you could see he um, he, he, he loved it. He, he, you know, to bring that knowledge back from America, it was almost you know something that he he couldn't wait to do. And he, and he got hold of us and, and made us the fittest team in the in the league. Mm. He um, everybody knew their jobs, everyone knew their roles without fault. Um, otherwise, you know, he didn't play for him. And, and you know, we, we had a great season that that year. And, and won the league by by March, which I think was the earliest that anybody at that time had, had, had won a league or got promoted. And, and um, you know, it, very little went wrong for us, you know. But um, it wasn't it it wasn't for the for the want of hard work and, and a group that he galvanised and, and managed to to do that. And, and towards the end of the season, I think it was the last season of the, or the, certainly the first season of the um, the Bosman. Ruling, uh, and and I took advantage of that, and he, he he told me in no uncertain terms what he thought of me for doing that. But but the league was already won, and um, I think you know looking back, and I've spoken to him since many times, but he, he was just driving a hard bargain for his club, yeah. uh, and and managed to get some sort of money from QPR um, that I would have I would have gone to them at the end of the season anyway. Yeah. Um, before we look at, at QPR, um, Ian, of course, you played for for a bit of time at Notts County with with Chris Wilder. Of course, did, 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 yeah. what, what was he like as, as a player? And could you notice something about managerial that he would, he would go on and sort of carve the career well, that he's done? Yeah, I actually, I actually sat, uh, sat next to him in the, in the dressing room to you know to before training and, and and you know got on got on well with him, and he he was one that always he'd come in on a on a Monday morning, and he. He'd, First question would be to him, how'd you get on yesterday? Because he was looking after the, the Sunday League team that his mates were playing for, <laughs> and, and and it was, you know, he struck me as, as someone who straight away was was going to have longevity in the game. You could never tell how how far he was going to get, but he was interested in in the, the workings of, of coaching and, and, and managing, and, and he was a he was one of the leaders, and and um, a lot of time for him, and I'm really pleased that he's gone on and done what he what he's done. So he he was someone that was a He'll say, I think, a steady Eddie as a, as a footballer, um, and and but it has gone on to be a coach and a manager of um, of some reckoning. Yeah, but you mentioned you joined QPR. Was was that a no brainer when when they came in for you? Obviously, being a, a division above a, a huge club, aren't they? QPR down in, down there. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. Um, 
since being at um, at Lincoln, having dropped from Leicester to Grimsby to Lincoln, yeah. um, having gone sideways to Mansfield, I felt as though I was on the up- upward curve and, and at a, a good age to be able to do that as well. Uh, when QPR came in, um, I, I think it was it was almost instant. You know that the money wasn't a um, wasn't a factor that was that I was going to you know haggle about. Um, certainly nowhere near the, the money that were you know that's being paid paid today. But it was it was just something that okay, what what are they prepared to pay me? Great, come on, let let, let, let let's do it. And, and a three year deal at that time as well was a was something that I um, it gave me and my family some security. Um, but to play in the championship as well, to go there, a club that not long been relegated from the, the Premier League as well, and um, and one that was trying to get get its way back up there, but. Um, Unfortunately, I joined sort of at the, the two years at the end of the uh, uh, the parachute payments, and it was um, I think I was one of the first ones that they were you know getting the, the bargain basement players in and, <laughs> and starting to, to fill fill the squad with that. But it was um, it was a great three years, three and a half years. Um, really enjoyed my time there. Again, managed to to um, get my place as a, as a left back. Ray Harford signed me, who was. I would put him in the same mould as, as David Pleat. Just loved talking football. Um, a great tactician. Uh, obviously went and won a Premier League with Kenny Dalglish uh, and, and, and and went on to manage Blackburn himself and, and, and obviously was at QPR but only spent a couple of three three months with him and, and he got he got the sack, got moved on and, and um, Jerry Francis came in who was a QPR legend uh, and a bit of a, a throwback really to, to someone who, who just wanted you to work hard and, and some of the sessions on a, on a Tuesday that were um, I think publicised in, a, in a, a Sunday newspaper when he was at Tottenham actually he was still doing it at Tottenham but Terror Tuesdays were, were not fun I have to say <laughs> hey, what, what sort of stuff did he get did he get, did he get, get you doing? Well Tuesday you just knew you were just going to run your bollocks off <laughs> sorry I don't know whether I can swear that, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he was and he was, he was delighted if he made somebody sick that was the that, oh, I think dear. that was you know, it was a it was a battery of, of 10, 12, 12 runs, but and you knew it, it wasn't going to last too long, half an hour or so. Um, but you knew you were just going to be. Um, I used to pre- prepare on a Monday night as well as I did for matches. Oh. It, it was it, it was really that that serious. You knew it was going to be a tough, a tough, and nobody got out of it as well. If you were fit, then you you were on the you were on the training pitch and you were going to run. But um, no, again, it was all all character building, and um, you know we had a, a couple of good seasons under Jerry there as well. And and, and uh, I got the uh, Ian Holloway came in after Jerry, and again, totally different character to anybody that I'd been with yeah. previously. And 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 again, someone who um, was just so so good for the players, uh, for individuals, um, and his methods were. were were so wacky at times, but you just had to <laughs> smile and enjoy working for him. Yeah. Um, some big, big players that played for QPR at that time, of course, the likes of uh, Chris Kawamia was there, Gavin Peacock was, was a great player as well, Finney Jones was yeah. there for a time as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he came on the same day as uh, as Razor Ruddock, Neil Ruddock. Yeah. Um, yeah and so they came in for, for, for what was the back end of, of my first season there. I'd signed in the March, I think, and they, they must have signed a couple of weeks later on yeah. loan from I think Wimbledon and Liverpool respectively because I remember the, the, the kit man having to scramble around to try and order some some extra extra large shorts for Razor <laughs> <laughs> but he was they, they were both larger than life characters um, we already had Ian Dowie at the club as yeah. well another senior pro 
um, Gavin Peacock was there, and like you say, uh, there was there were some really really top players there, and and it was again just another part of your education. Um, soak it all up and 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 and, and use it for for later life. And and there was a there was a young Peter Crouch as well. Yeah, he was yeah. he was there when we signed. Um, never have thought he'd have gone on and, and done what he what he had achieved. But you know, you look at his career. It was. Um, it was what dreams are made of, I think, really, and you know, getting England recognition and, and the amount of goals he scored in the Premier League, and he, he was, again, it was. You don't know that again. You look at that, and I look. I, I use Crouchy as an example because now working with the under twenty ones in Northern Ireland, yeah. you know, you, are they going to make it? Are they not? Who can tell? Who knows? If, but if you, you know, you, you treat them right, nurture them well, um, give them the right right information, and education, then they've just just they've got a chance. But it it, it 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 comes back to to self drive in a, in a drive of the player themselves and and, and Crouchy definitely had that. Yeah, definitely. Loftus Road is of course one of these old school grounds. How, how much did you, did you enjoy playing there? Brilliant, brilliant. It was my favourite ground. Um, favourite ground, bar, bar none, as a, as a as a home ground. Apart from apart from Wembley, of course. But it was yeah. it, it, you know the, the the ground was built. Um, Many years ago, and it's it's looking tired in in certain areas now. But but it, still, the atmosphere was was great because the stands are, are right on top of you, you know, very very close to the pitch, uh, and and you know the atmosphere that could be generated there were, was was second to none, uh, and and just a, a really really good time to to be playing playing the football there. Yeah, uh, of course you, you rejoined uh, Notts County back. In- uh, 2001 how did that move come about was it just a case of wanting to play more regularly at that point Ian? no I was uh, we, we, again QPR had just gone into uh, administration yeah right enough there, um, there's, a, there's a picture being painted here isn't it but well, I can tell you it was nothing to do with <laughs> <Yeah>. my wages <laughs> it was uh, but no they're going into administration Chris Wright the old owner of Chrysalis Records oh, amongst yeah, other yeah, things yeah. he was the, the owner and, and he'd um uh, he put the club into to administration. It was that was the start of all the um, you know the, the Italian uh, yeah, guys going in and the, the Formula One guys, Briatori. But but Ian Holloway was manager, um, and anybody who was out of contract was was released at that time. Yeah. Uh, and and I was unfortunately one of them. I, I didn't want to leave. I, I loved it there, um, but um, you know I could understand why. And 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 Notts County put something to me that um, you know was very very good again and, and, and wanted me to be part of, of their plans going forward so um, I moved you know back to Leicester uh, where I was brought up and, and family was and, and um, I ended up having another three years at North County yeah, yeah that, that third year that you were there was, was a bit uh, chaotic and the club obviously facing financial meltdown and it was just saved at the yeah. At the death, how how difficult was that to sort of deal with, or, or were you were you sort of used to it as a player being having experienced something like that, QPR? Yeah, and and, and at that time, I um I, I was becoming one of the, the one of the senior pros, I suppose, yeah. um, and uh, the likes of uh, Gary Hours would have been there, and uh, Ian Hamilton. I don't know name names that some people would remember there, but it was you know that myself was a senior pro. Um, Darren Kasky, we, we, we uh, you know, we, we'd seen it before at other clubs, um, so it was a case of having to guide them through, through again, real, real tough waters, I suppose, for, for people. Everyone's, everyone's got different um, uh, 
circumstances. Yeah. You know, family-wise, nobody knows that, but it was a time where we were asking to take, you know, being take to take wage cuts, which was fine. But, you know, it's it, it's very similar to what's happening now, and and um, you know, it was just something that we had to try and keep the the group together, galvanised, and, and and make sure that we we concentrate on what was going on on the pitch. You know, while all this was being played out um, at the ground and, and in the media. So uh, tough tough times, but again. Like you say, the experiences of previous clubs and previous years, it, um, it, it helped. It helped us to, to hopefully bring bring some of the younger players through and make sure they uh, they dealt with it right. Yeah, and of course, from there you joined Scunthorpe, and it was a sort of uh, a golden period, wasn't it, for for, for Scunthorpe at the time? Um, you won promotion from from League Two, um, and they had the likes of Billy Sharp and Andy Kuo up front. They were buying them in for, for fun. How good? How enjoyable was it to play for play for that side? Yeah, little was I to know it was going to be the most successful period in terms of uh, promotions and, and, and titles in my whole career. Um, I think they just managed that the season previous to, to stave off relegation into the conference, yeah. which um, you know would have been uh, an absolute you know meltdown for a club like that. You know, the abyss of the conference just just couldn't be imagined. And, and, and um, Brian Laws was 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 manager there with, with Russ Wilcox's assistant. And, and um, I remember him bringing in myself, Andy Crosby, who is now my assistant at, under 20, at the under-21s. Um, there was uh, Steve Torpy, was, was, a, was, a, was a striker, was a, again, a, a, an experienced striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul Musselwhite was a goalkeeper, so he brought in three, three experienced players to go with the experienced ones that he had. Peter Beagree was playing on the left still doing his magic <laughs> uh, and, and again it just clicked I think with having that, that experience spine in the team uh, it was um, it was something that, that worked for that season and we, we, we managed to, um, to to get promotion on the, the, the final final day of the season and, and it ended up you know it was a, a great ending to, to what was a, uh, a magical season there and, and say I, I signed a one year deal that was all they were, they were prepared to offer mm. um, I was 33 I thought it would be the, you know, the last contract or one of the last ones I signed, but I ended up being at the club for another six years. So it was, um, you know, like you say, promotion from from League Two into League One. Yeah. Um, we then got, you know, promoted into the Championship. We got relegated the following season from the Championship. Then we got we went back up via the playoffs the yeah. following season. And for a club like Scunthorpe, you know, we were averaging three three and a half thousand fans. Again, was was something unheard of. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that that playoff final. Of course, you beat Millwall, which scored with about five minutes to go to to go up. What what was that like as an occasion to to play in at Wembley and all, all the razzmatazz and that sort of stuff? You need, are you able to sort of enjoy it? Uh, yeah, we 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 we'd been there um, several weeks previously in the uh, yes, Johnson paint, paint final yeah. um, and tasted defeat, lost to to um, Mick Harford's Luton, and and you know the feeling of of dejection. Dressing room wasn't a great place to be in. Yeah. Um, Nigel Atkins was manager, and, and he managed to and get around us and say, "Look, enjoy the night as much as we can, um, but we've got something to really go for now. And and the next time, if if it means doing it through the playoffs and coming back here, we make sure that we win us. Um, and and that's what we ended up doing in regards to getting into the playoffs. I think on the final day of the season, um, and then going through the playoffs, beating. MK Dons in the I think it was MK Dons in the, the semi-final and then meeting Millwall in the, in the final at Wembley. Um, 
by this stage I was I was more of a coach probably than a player there, yeah. even though I was still on the um, you know the, the, the playing ranks but um, no more of a coach and it was again to see it on that side and to achieve it on that side again um, was something that was was very very special and you know you, you, you start thinking this is going to happen to you every season <laughs> uh, and, and, and uh, again it, it was a, just a, another another part of my um, education in, in how to deal with with big situations, how to deal with the build up to it with players, um, and um, and and you know, be part of a coaching team that that um, managed to be successful. Yeah, touching on Nigel Adkins, I mean, when he was appointed, of course, he was he was a physio before that. What was the sort of the feeling at, at the club amongst the players and things like that? But they think, oh, they fully behind uh, Nigel, and uh, <laughs> or were they thinking, what's the physio taking charge of the team for? Well, I think, I think it was I think it was strange because a lot of lads maybe probably didn't realise that Nigel had been a, a player himself yeah. many years ago, and he, due, due to injury, he'd had to um, curtail his his career. And, and whilst he was out injured in one of his injuries, um, he he studied physiotherapy and managed to to get fully qualified. And, and you know, was part of the coaching team. He was a, he was the goalkeeping coach plus the physio, which <laughs> you know that. It, at that time, you know, many of the smaller clubs had to, um, you know, you had to double up your responsibilities, and 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 this is what Nice did. And I think, you know, when Brian Laws and, and Russ went to Chef Wednesday, um, I think the chairman had said to Nice, we, "We don't, we don't want you to go. We don't want you to be part of it." And 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 you know, we want you to be be part of the the next group. And and he was given the, the reins and a caretaker role initially. Um, you know, whether the chairman thought, you know, saw or management uh, potential in him I don't, I don't know whether it was just a case of you know holding the fort but um, I remember getting a phone call from him early on on the, mon- on, on the Monday morning I was on my way into training and he says I've been, he's been given the you know the, the caretaker role and would myself and Andy Crosby you know still playing at that time would we um, assist him then again it was a no brainer for me because you know, I was what 34 yeah. 35 and and you know, thinking that that you know probably you know is coaching the right the right way for me to go down. So um, that certainly made my mind up. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. But were you always planning on going into the the coaching side of the the, the game? I mean, was that something you, you always fancied, or was it a case that you get asked and you had to sort of think on the spot? And... No, no. I don't think you know some people from from an early early part of their career, you know, really see themselves as as, as being coaches later on. And I'm not sure that was something that I'd. Um, Envisage when I was, you know, a seventeen, eighteen, nineteen-year-old, making my way in the game, and um, um, you know, I suppose it was something that that really became a bit more serious when I, um, you know, when, when I did, did get into my thirties, I did start taking my my, my coaching badges and, and um, you know, going on on courses, but um, you know, you certainly you needed the opportunity to to, to do that, and and you know, the opportunity came just at the right time for me, and and you know, we ran with it. That was. Uh, Something that we, you know, Nigel was uh, again things that I I use in, in in my management style. But he he, he made everyone feel valid. Uh, everyone's point of view was valid. Um, you've got a voice. You know, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's discuss it. He would make the final decision, but he, he certainly um, lent on people that he that he trusted, and, and and I think that was that's a big part of uh, the success that he's had. 
Yeah, and of course you took you stepped into his shoes when he went to Southampton. Of course, you beat Sheffield United four 0 in your first game. Is that right? You must have thought this was an easy. This was an easy yeah, Bramall Lane should have stopped there, shouldn't I? Should, <laughs> <laughs> should have ended it, ended it right there, hundred percent record. Um, but no, it, it was it was one of those that again Nigel a few days previous had, um, well, I think once he'd been he'd spoken to Southampton and they said that they wanted him. Um, I remember him. Um, Pulling me into the uh, at uh, the Scunthorpe at the time and, and had a chat with me and, and, and said we've been offered you know a chance to go to, to Southampton I'm going to take it um, what's your thoughts do you, you know do you want to come with us do you want to be part of it and, and I said my bags are packed straight away you know yeah. Nigel's coaching style was something that I, you know his management style was and part of certainly going from Scunthorpe to Southampton. Um, who were in the lower division at that time. You know, we were in the Championship, Southampton were in League One, yeah. um, but clearly a massive club. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't have been at that level, but they'd found themselves there, and, and I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, and But it was two days later, the chairman then pulled me in and said, Look, we want you to be manager of this club. Um, and Nigel spoke to me and said, Southampton are only allowing him to bring one member of staff with him. Uh, and, and, and Andy who obviously lived in the same village as, as, as Nigel and, and was um, had a probably a, a close relationship and it was um, he, took, he took, took Andy with him and uh, I was left to, to, to pick up the baton You had a few months in, in permanent charge of Scunthorpe yeah. and do you feel that you should have been afforded more time there? Yeah I think I felt I felt a little bit hard done by especially when you know the chairman had said what he'd said regarding um you know, being in charge the following season, we don't expect to stay up, and it's a tough, tough ask for Scunthorpe. But um, again, it gave me a big, big lesson to, to you know not 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 believing everything that's said to you. Um, you know, it's uh, and, and he was a good chairman, by the way, Steve Wharton. He was a really good chairman to to work for. Um, but on this occasion, he, you know, I think he um, he took advice from the board rather than you know making his own decision as such. And and you know, we we dropped so. We played Preston at home. We got beaten three nil. We had a man sent off just before half time. Preston were bottom of the league, um, and and that defeat took us into the bottom three for the first time. Uh, and 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 off the back of that, within an hour of the, the game ending, I was um, I was gone. And, and it, yeah, it it surprised me. It um, it hurt me. And and and, uh, and you know I feel as though uh, you know it, it gave me something to prove afterwards, but it was um, certainly at the time it, it was tough to take. Yeah, you spent um, almost a year before you took your over Sligo Rovers. What were you doing in, in the meantime? Um, I always uh, tried to, to to keep in touch with people within the game. Um, I'd love to go to as I do now. Love to go and watch games. Um, so I was, I was, you know. I suppose grabbing tickets from 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 people to to put tickets on for me to watch games, and but I, you know, I'd always keep notes in 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 a book um, that I, I still do to this day um, about you know players who are playing in the game and obviously the formations and, and whatever. Um, and I I ended up scouting doing some scouting for Watford off off the back of that, um, and they were they were good enough to um, to pay me some expenses and be on their payroll uh, and just be part of their recruitment team. So. Um, and that's what I've done when I've when I've when I've always been out of work. Uh, I've always tried to uh, go and watch games for, for somebody. It gives you a purpose as well. You know, it gives you the the um, 
I suppose the the meaning to get, to get up and do something, and, and I try to make the most of of those opportunities, and and I've I've done that, you know, ever since when I've been out of work. So it was um, they they were good to me, and and actually it was um, oh the he's now at Rangers Ross. Uh, oh, Ross Wilson. Ross Wilson, yeah, he was he was he was in charge of recruitment at, at, at Watford, um, and later on he went to to Huddersfield, and and, yeah. and I also did some work for Huddersfield as well. So, you know, I can't be um, I can't be any more thankful for for someone like Ross to to, to put his trust in me and, and and you know give us that uh, give us that, that those games and that, that that responsibility to 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 do when it's um, when you are out of work. Yeah, certainly. Uh, of course, you, you went over to Ireland and um, at Sligo Rovers, you won their, their first uh, league title in 35 years. That must be a, a proud moment for you, Ian. It was, and, and it was one that, that came totally out of the blue, actually. Again, I remember one Sunday evening, um, I was in bed, actually, and, and, and <laughs> the phone rang at something like half ten, quarter to eleven, and it was this um, this guy working on behalf of, of Sligo Rovers, and, and, and he you know, he spoke to me and said, uh, "You know, you know, do you know that the Sligo Rovers job is um, is up for grabs?" And I, and I says, "I don't even know where Sligo is, so <laughs> so, so no." Um, he says, "Well, we're, we're, you know, your name has, has, has come up. It's been recommended. Would you be interested in in coming over and, and talking to us and having, a, having an interview?" And I, I said, "Well, give me give me half an hour. <laughs> Let me do some digging and and you know, a bit of research." And I um, I rang him back and, and says, "Yeah." Um, Great, I'll come and have a chat to you and, and cut a long, long story short. I took over two days before the start of the season. Paul Cook had left to go to Accrington Stanley. Yeah. And um, and I, the, the window was closed, transfer window, so I couldn't bring any players in. Um, <laughs> I had to run with the squad that, that was there, but but fortunately Paul had, um, had put together a, a good squad, having uh, come third and second in the two previous seasons. Um, and, and just, but, you know, missed out for for whatever reason, and and um, you know, we managed to 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 run with it uh, and 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 go uh, through through the season, only having lost you know three games all season, uh, and two of those I don't count because they were the last two games of the season where we'd we'd already won it anyway, and I think yeah. the lads were were uh, were half cup. <laughs> um, did 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 you speak to Paul before you before you took over just to sort of give you an idea of what what you're walking into there, or did you just I did yeah there? yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've, I've always tried again something, you know, for for any uh, aspiring manager or, or, or coach to, to go into somewhere. Do do you do the due diligence? Um, try and speak to as many people as possible, and and you know, if that includes the, the manager that's just just left the the hot seat, then then so be it. Um, I remember later on, you know, speaking to uh, Stuart McCall. Yeah, he he left Motherwell, but I I picked the phone up to him and, and spoke to him, and it, I think you you find that that. Within the coaching and management fraternity, you know, we all do try and help each other, even though we're we're, we're rivals. And, and our paths have crossed several times, you know, with, uh, with with Stuart. And 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 but still, you know, the good people are willing to to, to help you. And um, you know that uh, I think that's key. So certainly, yes, I spoke to Cookie, and and he he, he gave me um, one or two pointers, not only on the players, but the the the, the town itself being a. A mad football town, which is which is unusual in 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 Ireland because you know, Gaelic. Yeah, I didn't realise, but the Gaelic football is, you know, far bigger than uh, than than the soccer yeah. as they call it, yeah. and um, and and it's you, you've got you've got to understand that it's uh, 
it's not. Um, it doesn't always have its own way. Football, and it's uh, and, and it's a, a poor relation really at that level over in Ireland. Yeah, um, that leads us sort of when you mentioned Sean McCauley, just nicely onto it to Motherwell. You joined there uh, December 2014. How did that that move all come about? Yeah, I've been out of work um, a little little while, um, and I've, I've been applying for for jobs. I've had a couple of interviews at other places, and um, I had a, a phone call off the off the back of a you know an application to you know, to, to to speak to. Um, to speak to the board, um, and obviously Les Hutchison was was yeah. was leading that board at, at the time. So I spoke to him via a, a video call um, from his um, his ranch in Barbados. <laughs> uh, still can't believe he never invited me over there to go and have the interview. <laughs> but that was, you know, by the by. Um, it, and, and I went up to travel up to Motherwell and, and spoke to uh, spoke to the board, and the chief exec was was Alan Burrows, uh, and and. Um, I felt it had gone really well, and and you know it felt as though it was a it was a good job to take on, even though it was um, you know looking precarious with the position that they were in at the time, and and you know dropping out of the the, the Scottish Premier League would it would have been a um, a travesty, uh, and and you know the, the the whole remit was stay in the division. You know we, we've got longer term plans, and and you know I'd spoken about the longer term plans with the. With the board and with 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 Les, um, but for that season it was purely get us over the line and stay in the stay in the division. Um, and obviously, that's what we went on and did uh, in the uh, in I suppose uh, uh, in the playoff final. Yeah. You know, could, couldn't couldn't have gone any better. But we we certainly didn't want to be in that position, uh, and it was you know an, an up and down time certainly um, from taking over in the December to to getting to the end of the season. Disappointed losing to St Mirren on the penultimate weekend of the season, which took us into the, into those playoffs. So um, no, fortunately it worked out for the better, and, and we managed to say in, in, in grand fashion, I suppose, by winning at Ibrox, um, and, and you know deservedly so, and then just put, putting a cap on it back at uh, Fir Park, which was a you know a tremendous occasion, apart from the. Uh, the brawl at the end, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I mean, did you feel any any added pressure? Of course, that, that Stuart was um, having been at Mullerwell, he was now in, in caretaker charge of Rangers and, and that whole hullabaloo about the, the game as well. Did that also factor in, or did you just concentrate on the game yeah. itself? No, I, I, you know, it, it, I, we tried to um, take all the pressure off of the players. I, I tried to take the pressure off the players certainly by because the, the clamour from the media was all all to do with. Um, you know, Rangers the following season will be playing the old firm games against Celtic again, and you know it's a foregone conclusion. And and um, you know, I, I I didn't like the way that it was being portrayed, but I certainly used it to our advantage. And, and you know, the, we we went away and, and and trained in a different location. I remember um, just to try and you know get the players refocused again. It was going to be a big game, but we had some big game players, um, and knew that if we got it right, if we got the, the you know the tactical side of it, right? The mentality, um, we'd be good enough to beat Rangers, and and you know so it proved. You know the likes of, of Scott McDonald, Keith Lasley, yeah. uh, Stephen Pearson. Um, you know to have those players within the group for for me was um, was something that, that I was very very confident going into those games. But yeah, it was nerve wracking, and and the added spice of, of Stuart McCall having left earlier in the season, you know could have could have relegated his old club. Um, along with, with Kenny uh, and again I, I speak about Stuart in, in glowing terms but Kenny 
Kenny Black was um, someone that I was at the club when I, I first went there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, after, after six weeks, I felt as though we just needed a change, just a, a different face. Uh, and when I told Kenny this, that I was going to bring a, a, a different assistant in, you know, the, the way he took it um, was, was, you know, I think it can't be spoken about highly enough. And, yeah. um, and, and again, I've bumped into him at grounds and, and uh, you know, because he lives down in, in Sheffield and, and you know, he, he comes up to me and shakes my hand and, and, you know, something like that. Not easy decisions to make and, and certainly not easy conversations, but, um, you know, proper football people, proper proper bloke. Um, Kenny was, was was top draw. So to have him in the dugout as well, in the opposite dugout, again, they, they had a lot of incentive to, to go and beat beat Motherwell on that day and on those two two occasions. And uh, fortunately, we came, uh, we came out on the right side of it. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you mentioned earlier on about the about the brawl. What 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 did you make of that at, at the end, Dean? Was that is, is that something you've ever come across before? Never, no, never. <laughs> it, it was a, it was a. Uh, you know what? It happened so quickly. I didn't realise what had happened. Uh, we ran down the uh, supporters came onto the pitch. We ran down the the tunnel, and and I remember, you know, I can't remember what member of staff it was, but sort of pointed at something that was happening on the pitch, and I, and I turned round. Um, and and just saw saw a scuffle, but didn't know what it was, and didn't certainly didn't realise it was as bad as what what um, you know what it obviously went on to be, yeah. and and you know stuff like that. Just I remember doing the interview after the game, and and, and stuff like that. You know, doesn't deserve to be spoken about. Um, you know, players brawling on the pitch and, and somebody attacking. Uh, you know, a, a player of mine or any any player it doesn't matter if if it was a, if it was. My player that attacked had attacked, you know, the opposition player. Then, it, you know, he certainly wouldn't have been around for for, for very long, and 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 it, and it proved so as well. But it was, um, it, it was just a, uh, I think, a moment that that um, you know, a Rangers football club would, would want to forget, um, not only for the results, but 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 for that that incident. And um, you know, that's that's no slight on on Rangers there. That's that's they had a player that that couldn't handle the situation, and and. Uh, you know they rightly got rid of him very very soon after that. But um, no, strange to have to go and deal with that in the on off the back of you know having just had had two tremendous results, two great performances as well, and and the elation and relief that goes with with staying in the league yeah. and having you know achieved your your goal. Yeah, absolutely. Of, of course, it, I mean it was two terrific performances, but by your boys, you must have been thinking then that's, that, that can act as a, a springboard for the following season. But um, mm. it, it was tough the following season as well. How, how difficult was that to um, uh, your time at Fir Park that that second season? Well, again, we, we'd, we'd spoken um, in that first season briefly about you know what the the, the medium term and long term goals are, and, and you know having having had you know we, we'd got the. The, the experienced players that we'd got in there, but but we knew that we needed some younger players. We knew we needed to to utilise the um, the under twenties, the young players, to give them a um, uh, you know a, a level to get to go and showcase what they could do. And and um, you know we were certainly going to uh, bring in young players. We'd, we'd had to bring in young players during that first season, but the second season was was certainly a chance to go and blood some younger players. And, and I'm so so pleased that. The players that, that that were given a chance came through, and and, and have shone. You know, like I said, Chris Cadden, uh, and, and you know others that that, that went on and, and and have done really really well uh, with the careers. You know, I had Robbo with me, uh, Steve Robinson. Yeah. I brought him in as, as my uh, as my assistant, and and, and was, was tremendous to have around the place. Uh, and and I'm, I'm pleased that he's gone and um, 
gone and done what he's done with, you know, say bringing these young players through, getting to cup finals, having the experience. Although you know losing is not a nice experience, but but getting there was a was a great achievement. And 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 obviously the season they've had this year, so it's it gives me it gives me pleasure that you know we started something that that um, you know they've been able to to follow on uh, in. in you know, after what's gone on, you know, so it was, I was disappointed that we were only, was it seven or eight games? Um, having won the first game away at uh, Inverness, was it? Um, you know, and, and then after that, I think um, several several defeats and, and a couple of draws and, and you know, it was um, it was something that, that the decision that, that Les had to make or the board had to make and, and, you know, they felt they needed to make a change. Now, you know, who knows what would have happened if, if we'd have, you know, carried on uh, in charge. Nobody knows, but um, there was certainly the plan was to to, to bring uh, the younger players through, still using some of the, the senior players, but you, inevitably you have to move some of them on as well. And and um, you know, it was a project that I felt that we, um, you know, we, we'd we'd finish the first first part of the project. Now on to the next, and trying to be given seven or eight games was a again was it was another disappointment. But you have to go and deal with it. Yeah, I guess I was going to ask about that. I mean, that's modern football, isn't it? You don't really get any time to for projects or anything like that anymore. It's the here and now. Nope. And the, um, nope. I guess it must be difficult to, to to deal with that as a manager. Yeah, and again, you, totally. You, you know, you understand the, the the situation. If you don't win games of football or you don't win enough games of football, then um, you're going to be replaced, and that's that, you know we, we all know that now, and it's it's been set in place in, in on these shores for. Uh, for a little while now, and um, um, you know, no longer do managers get three or four seasons, you know, without achieving something and still being charged. Um, but you'd like to, you'd like to think that you know you have the trust and you have the, the relationship with the people that bring you in, and um, and and you, know, you, you just hope that they 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 back you, they give you you know their um, their wisdom and 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 their their trust, and and you know allow you to. You know, because you know, Motherwell was still never going to be, you know, in in safe waters, were they? When yeah. you know, having just done what we'd done that season, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as if we were going to go and rival Celtic for the league that year, the following season. But it was um, it was going to be tough, and and you know, the supporters had to be prepared for that. But um, you know, it was it, again, I go on. It's this dis- it's disappointment, but I've used that as as incentive. Yeah, of course. You, you then spent a, a bit of time with, with Stephen uh, Robinson at Oldham before being appointed mm-hmm. as the under twenty one boss. We are now at Northern Ireland. How did that that uh, move come about? Ian, the Oldham one or the Northern uh, the, Ireland? The, the Northern Ireland one. Yeah. Um, well, again, I, you know, Robbo had asked me to be his assistant. Um, I knew how we worked as a, as a pair, so I had no hesitation in that. Yeah. And and again, he he took on a really tough job at Oldham as his first management job. And you talk about relationship with owners and chairman and you know it was one that he, he looking back at it now knowing what we we know he probably stood very little chance of because it was you know we went in there and I think we had four players under contract and this was the third week of pre-season and, and we were playing 11 v 11 trial games up until like, I think two weeks a week 10 days before the start of the season um, so it you know to, to ask a, a fledgling manager you know, to ask any manager, come to think of it, you know, to, to go and deal with that um, was, was tough, and I, and I don't think Robbo got the back in. But anyway, he 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 moved on in, in the January, and I, I I stayed. I still had a contract, and Robbo had said, "Look, stay 
today. Don't 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 go for you know because of out of, out of principle and, and and go with him. Stay and and I, and I did with with John Sheridan. And I assisted John Sheridan, but I I, I knew that he was going to, probably going to bring his own man in towards the end of the season. Uh, you know, at the for, for the following season. So um, I got wind that that the um, the under twenty one job was was up for grabs. Uh, and I, I just um, I applied for it and, and managed to get a, an interview. Mm. Uh, and I think six of us went went for interview, the interview process. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to be um, to be chosen. And of course, that that's where where you are now. How much are you, are you enjoying that role um, at the moment? I love it. Yeah, it it, it was going to be different. It was always going to be different. I know that. I knew it going into it, but I, you know, probably didn't realise how different the fact that. Um, Probably eighty eighty five percent of your time, you're, you're you're back to scouting again, going and watching games, watching players, watching people train. Club clubs are good enough to to allow you to go into their clubs. Um, you're only together five occasions during the season, during the, the international windows, September, October, November. You know, come pretty quickly, but then it's a long time from November till March. So you've got to obviously fill your time there, which which you know I've managed to to learn to do. Probably a little bit better as well now as, as as we've gone on to gone on to that. Having you know in my third year now, um, and and you know it was something that I, I hadn't worked probably with with younger players um, at any time in my career. So it was a um, you know not as a group as an under twenty one group. It was so it was something that I you know I had to get get used to. Um, but again, we had in that first first qualifying campaign last last year last time round we. Um, we came second runners up to Spain in 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 the group, and uh, you know, with, with with six wins out of the, the ten games was, uh, I think, um, unprecedented times for for the association at that level. Uh, again, I, I look back at the the interview process, and the, the first question was, "Why do you want this job?" Because we don't win games of football at this level, and and I'd, I'd looked at the level, and I'd looked at the, the you know the the players that they've got to choose from, and and, and previous. You know records in, in in other qualifying campaigns, and and you know there weren't very many wins at all down down the years. Um, but again, that's no slight on the coaches and managers that have gone before. It was the um, you know if, if, if young players are any good at that age, they normally jump straight into the senior team, you know, and and, and miss out under twenty one level. So it's um, it, it was going to be a testing job, and and unfortunately we um, we managed to get our first win on the board in the first game. I think that was the first away win in eight years. Um, and then, then won, won games at home. They hadn't won at home for six years, so it was um, again we, we we got onto a roll early doors and, and managed to run with it. And, and you know that momentum took us through to to what was hopefully a playoff place, but we just missed out by by a couple of goals in the end. Yeah, uh, and I mean, the, I mean the feel good factor around Northern Ireland at the moment must must be huge. Based, based on the fact, I mean, of course, they reached the Euros a, a couple of years ago, and they're, uh, they're really yeah. flying high, punching above their weight. So there must be a, a real sort of good atmosphere around the place. Yeah, I, th- I think the association is still on the up. Um, it certainly wasn't like that before Michael O'Neill took over, no. uh, and, and indeed, in those first two years, I think he's, it took two years to get his first did, first yeah. win on the board. So, you know, again, that that you come back to the relationship you've got with your employers, um, the trust that they put in Michael. Um, to put processes in place, uh, he's certainly gone and done that, and 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 forged now a really good relationship with players that, that at times they weren't turning up for every game. So friendlies, yeah. he didn't have the you know probably the full quota of players that he could have done, but he would have them for uh, for, for qualifying games. And he wanted to change that mentality. 
and he and he did that and um, say that the players have gone and achieved great things 2016 to get to the Euros and and, and indeed get through to the uh, uh, they call it the knockout stages there and get beaten by Wales but but you know everybody amongst the, the IFA I think has to be applauded for that um, most of all Michael obviously as the figurehead but um, uh, you know I think everyone has gone and worked really hard to say put processes in place and hopefully we can we can maintain that. Yeah, and of course, at the moment that this talk uh, of when Michael steps down, uh, Ian, this, they've tipped you to possibly take over. What, what's the latest on that? And is that something you would be? I'd imagine you'd be honoured to to replace him if, if that if that was to materialise. Well, I, I've gone on record in saying I would be honoured if if I was asked to do the job. Um, there's a lot of speculation going about, and I think a lot of it is via the press and the media. Um, I certainly don't know any, anything different. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to concentrate on my job, and, and certainly, you know, through these tricky times, staying in touch with with the players, the under 21 players, that is, um, and, and my under 21 staff is, is key for me. Um, but you know, if, if it was offered to me, then then you know, I want to I want a managing coach at the, the highest level possible. Uh, and when I first took this job, I never imagined that I would be linked to to you know to Michael's job. I would hope that he was going to stick around for for quite a bit longer actually because I, I've enjoyed working with him um, and, and he's brought me into the, the senior setup on certain occasions when we've not had had games uh, and I've enjoyed that that work with the senior players um, and you know I think it's um, it's a job that, that, that will be highly sought after by, by many good people uh, and uh, again it's, it's strange how paths cross but you know Robbo is being tipped for, for the job and, and quite rightly because of the, the work he's done at Motherwell and Tommy Wright at St Johnston you know is, they've, they've all played Northern Irish football at, at, at senior level as well and, and you know just to be linked in the same breath as these people is um, is an honour yeah, absolutely. And finally, I wanted to touch on, of course, we're, uh, we're living in crazy times with the coronavirus amongst us at the moment. In terms of your job and how that, that's affecting your sort of day-to-day life, how, how are you getting on with that? Yeah, I think I think I said at the start, it's, it's probably not affecting me as much as what it is a lot of other people. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to, to have you know good health at, at the moment, people around me and family all in good health. Uh, I, I look at the situation; it's um, it's soul destroying to see what what's going on, you know, around the world. And 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 it's certainly, when you see things close close to home and the figures that are um, are being banded about, you know, people who are who are dying from this is is, is yeah, football doesn't come into it. Um, thoughts have got to solely be to, to to do the right thing to to make sure that the NHS isn't um, overran with, with with people. Everyone's got to play their part however small that may seem. Um, nobody should be above the, the law in, 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 in what, what we're being told what to do uh, by staying at home and, and, and making sure that we're, we're self-isolating and, and keeping our social distance. And, and, you know, we have to support everyone who's at the front line of this. And, and, and for me, you, you have to hold your hands up and, and say, look, football comes secondary to, to all this that's going on. And, and yes, we all want to get back as soon as possible. Um, I think it, it is the national game, you know, in, in the UK. And, and, and it's, um, it's something that we all need and, and want in our lives, but, but certainly it doesn't come before the health of, of, of people and, and, and that's, that's paramount. Yeah, you're spot on there. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Ian. Thank you very much for, for joining us on the, on the podcast. Thanks, Derek. Enjoy that. 
Well, that was episode 44 of the Talking Football podcast with Ian Barraclough. As always, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to listen to any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud and Podbean. We're also on Twitter at Talking underscore Football and Facebook as well. Hope you can join me again next week for another top guest. But until then, bye for now.